Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Well, today we're going to talk to Carter Cox, Dave Miller, and Mark Goering about No Place Left, Oklahoma City. I had heard about a training in Dallas. I was in Dallas at the time, finishing up um, uh, a Bible college there at Southwestern, and heard about this training um, from this IMB missionary, some redneck from Booger Hollow named Jeff Sundell. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the training. Um, he trained us through four fields, um, the five parts of the kingdom process, and essentially just said, go do it. And uh, through that, saw God do some really cool things, saw a few a groups start up, one church start up with some Muslim background believers. So I was sold. I was really excited. Um, and then began to do some training with uh, Fred and Melissa Campbell and um, uh, with David Kaufman up in, um, in uh, Nashville. So, uh, but at some point I, I moved back uh, 2014 um, and started laboring on my own Oikos, really felt like the Lord wanted me to go back home. And um, after about six months of being back home in the city, I was also doing an online seminary through Southeastern and uh, a professor there by the name of Dr. Dodson uh, connected Dave and I. So I guess we got an email somewhere around October of 14, and I just sent Carter an email and said, hey, a professor said that we needed to get together. So we met uh, at a coffee shop and we met for four hours. And um, it was the easiest conversation I think I had ever had. We were both prepared for it. It was just, it was really just a match made in heaven, except for my wife might have a problem with me saying that. But it was really just... um, at that point, Carter had been going all over the city and training anybody and everybody who would listen, um, like a lot. He was still a single guy at that point, so that even helped out a ton. But it was really just prepared because about seven or eight years before, I had read a book called The Mission of God by Christopher Wright, and it had completely upended my understanding of the scriptures. Um, and then as I started a doctoral study, I read this little book called Movements That Changed the World, hint, hint, and it messed with me too. Um, and I to really get intrigued by uh, what it would look like for the gospel to spread like that. And then we, as we were working here in Oklahoma City, got a connection with a gentleman by the name of Scott Washer, and he connected us with a gentleman named Mark here in Oklahoma City. And so, Carter, you connected with Mark, um, and you guys really started training together quite a bit, right? Yeah, so uh, so a vineyard pastor at a vineyard church here in the city and uh, connected with Scott as a part of a ministry that we had. We were doing a lot of uh, demonstration of the gospel, and Scott was a part of this. And then we were going out one day, and I just, he not really talked about this, but all of a sudden I said, Scott, what's been your experience? And he started sharing all this stuff they've been mm-hmm. seeing happen in India. And I was like, heard this like tell me more and like why why am i sharing stuff with you you should be sharing stuff with me and and so then he said hey uh i'm, I'm gonna be leaving but i've got to connect you up with my friend uh carter Cox. so we sat down at a coffee shop here in the city and and carter proceeded to spew all over me everything that he knew uh, in, this, in the span of about an hour Terrible. Uh, it was actually it was what i needed i needed the fire hydrant but uh but i the fire hydrant was oh it was oh it was <laughs> But we got done. I was like, okay, this has been great, but could we, uh, could we just start meeting regular and just mm-hmm. start talking about this? And so we did, and uh, we both just started inviting people, and it, well, it grew from there. So 
uh, now we've got that meeting still happening and yeah. um, we have sometimes 10 or 15 yeah. uh, different folks who come. So, yeah, it is. So it's, it's uh, the Lord is supernaturally connected us in a way that we couldn't run from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what happened next? You know, so jump back to 2014, Dave had moved here to plant a church called Central Church. Yeah, yeah. So we were failing miserably in 2014. I tell everybody, we came here, and not that there's anything necessarily wrong, but we came with a missional mindset. We were going to start missional communities, um, and we were going to um, love our neighbors. And our mindset at that point was we're going to build a relationship to share the gospel. And it just wasn't getting us anywhere. We had a lot of relationships with people who weren't interested in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shared with them, but they weren't going anywhere with that. And whenever I had met Carter, I was at the point where I was like, I, we've got to do something different. And so he connected me, of course, that, I guess that springtime, we spent about three or four hours together every Monday mm-hmm. um, at a Panera Bread, just studying the scriptures and working through things together. And he started to introduce me to a lot of the tools, which led me to a training in 2015 with Jeff uh, that was there. Troy Cooper was there, yeah. uh, but it was um, back in uh, Florida yeah. and Port St. Lucie. Carter had gone on his honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And he was about to move down to Florida. And so Carter, after he spewed all this stuff on me, ditched me and <laughs> left me here all alone in Oklahoma City for about a year and a half um, to get working. And I, I just came back and just started trying to just do what you were doing. Anybody and everybody I could find, I was training and engaging. And we were starting to share the gospel up front um, to look at people who were open rather than us trying to build a relationship in order to gain opportunity to share the gospel. And Dave, did you notice any difference when you started sharing the gospel up front? Yeah, people started getting saved and baptized. And so <laughs> we saw a significant difference. Tell, tell us the story. Yeah, so I think one of the one of the best stories that come out of that season for us was we have a young lady by the name of Brandlyn Dinsmore. Um, her and her husband uh, got married and moved to Oklahoma City with me in 2014 to start Central Church originally. And so they got married and then moved here to work with us. And she was teaching English as a second language at a um, private school here in Oklahoma City with some college students and older, uh, younger adults, mostly internationalists. She ran into this girl named Ruby. Uh, Ruby was from Venezuela, and she was a student here, shared the gospel with her, and we saw Ruby uh, come to Christ. And so Brendan began to uh, disciple her. And in October of 2015, so June, we went to the training. We just immediately, we rode in a 15-passenger van together. So we drove all the way to Florida for 22 hours, and we 22 hours back together. The whole church fit in one one van at the time, um, and the, van whole, time. the van time, uh, and the whole way back. Um, we really just wrestled with what we learned. And Brandlin put it in, saw Ruby come to Christ. And then we did a four-day training in Oklahoma City in October because that's all we knew to do at the time was we went to a four-day, so we repeated a four-day along with sharing the gospel. We saw Ruby um, decide she wanted to get baptized, and she had been sharing behind the scenes with her husband, Gustavo. And at that training, when we taught baptism, we went to the baptistry of the church we were leading in. Brandlin baptized Ruby, and then Ruby and Brandlin baptized Gustavo. <laughs> and um, now Gustavo, that's back in 2015, now Gustavo is living in Singapore. 
Um, he moved there with a job uh, as an app developer, and now he has a church meeting in his home with a bunch of Filipinos. So he's Venezuelan who speaks native Spanish meeting in Singapore with a group of Filipinos, uh, and they're doing church together in English. And so it's just a neat story of how God began to use that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So up until that point with the missional approach of relationship first, gospel eventually, um, did you have stories like that? We had stories of people who would spend time with us, but our boldness with the gospel was not there. Mm. And so I don't attribute it to the fact that we weren't, um, that the people weren't ready. It really was as our boldness boldness just wasn't there. We were spending our time with people who, when we did share the gospel, but when I say boldness, we weren't willing to, to say to them, when you're ready, come back and talk to us. Mm-hmm. We were spending a lot of time and spinning our wheels with people who just really, I, I'll be honest, they were 20-something white guys that were single who just needed a dad because they didn't know how to live on their own. <laughs> yeah, And they were using up a lot of our time. Mm-hmm. Getting very far with them. Now, the beauty is one of them continued to hang out at our church. Uh, his name's Chris. And Chris came to Christ eventually, and he was baptized. Mm-hmm. And uh, he continued to hang around our church. And so we didn't cast him aside and tell him he could yeah. be a part of it. We just stopped spending as much intentional time with him. But he still was very much a part of our church. And he simmered inside of our church until he finally came around. Right. Like they said, I, 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 I left him hanging and went to Florida to hang out with Troy and the gang for a year and a half. And the Lord really, um, that was a cool season, both uh, uh, in spending Hannah and I learning how to be a family together um, for our first year and a half of marriage, but also learn how to be a family on mission together. And watching the Dobbs, watching Coopers, watching the Carswells, and um, the whole rest of the crew there, uh, the Clarks, um, really live on mission as a family. So enter empty fields as a family, share the gospel as a family, disciple as a family, do church together as a family. Mm. That was very impactful for us. Um, and uh, so we really sensed the Lord in 2017 calling Han and I again to move home to Oklahoma City. We didn't really quite understand, um, but after we made the obedient decision to listen to his voice, we found out we were pregnant. So maybe that's why. He wanted- so Troy, Troy and Rachel discipled you well. They did, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. And, and uh, only six to go. That's right. Only six to go. Yeah, we're going to go actually see them tomorrow, so we're excited. We, we need some more discipleship from them. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave that one for off recording. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we moved back home, and we, we literally got home January 1, 2017, and we walked in my parents' front door and we said we're starting church tonight and you're in or you're out <laughs> and my parents said okay and so uh, we started doing church with my parents and teaching them all the tools they had been watching at a distance and um, my personality is to be really passionate about whatever I'm doing and they've learned to ride those trains of what I'm passionate about over the years but no place left pursuing Jesus through following his pattern um, to see that the, the task accomplished is the thing I've been most passionate about consistently that they've ever seen. And so they finally perked their ears up and listened. And um, so we started meeting as church in their home. 
uh, through that, my, my brother came to Christ. Another brother came off drugs. Um, another brother experienced some significant recovery. Uh, some, uh, my sister's friends became believers and started being discipled. Um, it's really become, and now it's been going you know, since January 1st, 2017. So we call it Fountains Family Church. Um, so in a way there was central church meeting, Fountains family church meeting. Um, and then, uh, at some point about four months into that, uh, my dad actually started a church at his work. Um, so it has about 16 employees to gather on Friday, uh, during lunch and they, they walk through the commands of Christ, walk through the scripture, um, the, the three thirds of the up in and out process. And, um, he's now teaching them to do this with their families. So my dad really caught the multiplication bug. Um, they call the church at HIS foundations of faith church. So big into trying to tell them, you need, you need to name it because in our, in our culture, people ask, where do you go to church? And you don't want to be like, Oh, well, we do this weird thing that is like meets in a home. And, but if the church has um, a name and it really is functioning, like we see a, a healthy church next to, then um, it needs to take on identity um, as a church. And so they call it Foundations of Faith Church. And I think shortly after that um, is whenever I met Mark. Yeah, so, okay. uh, so I am uh, still now a, a full-time pastor there with Crestwood Vineyard Church here in Oklahoma City. And... Uh, plugged in there, really, uh, God's just been, been moving there. But then as I met with Carter and with Dave, um, trying to, there were some pieces that were really helpful that we hadn't been processing through. So, um, alongside that vineyard piece, we, we've, I've also had, uh, the honor to be a part of what's happening in the youth for Christ mm-hmm. expression happening here in yeah. Oklahoma city. And so, we started to grab a hold of some of these, even just at the beginning, simple gospel tools for how to share the gospel, latched onto that. And we saw in those early months, a little bit over a year ago, in the schools, uh, one week there was uh, 20 kids in one lunch and another 15, another lunch come to Christ, like receive Christ on the spot. And so that just seeing some of this fruit just really charged me up, charged us up. So there was that side of things. And then within the vineyard to really start going after, how do we not let go of this uh, the gospel piece, which is what we go after there, but also add that proclamation piece. Mm-hmm. And then on, alongside of that, some of these simple, uh, simple stories and simple tools for discipleship mm-hmm. as well. So we started to see some fruit on both of those sides of things. Yeah, it was uh, around the same time we met, Anna and I, we saw our it was her sister and brother-in-law really started following Jesus and got baptized. So we started doing a church um, in their house. We call it his church, H-I-S, or he is Savior Church or Holy Spirit and Scripture Church. I can't remember what the acronym was, but they call it his church. And um, so it was Hannah and I and um, uh, Emily and Bobby. And then uh, Mark and Meg started coming and being a part of that. And it was, it was crazy because every week Mark and Meg would come and they would bring other people with them. So it was almost became like a modeling church um, Mm -hmm. where um, not that Mark wasn't fully confident, confident to do what God had called him to do, but he was, I really since in the season, he was really watching what, what really are you doing? Not just on the evangelism and the the discipleship, but what, what does church look like? Yeah, yeah, And um, in January, 2017, it transitioned. Mm -hmm. 
So Bob and Emily entered a season where they really felt like they should plug in and do more ministry at their legacy church. And Mark and Meg at the same time felt, you know, we really want to see a church started with our community in our home. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in my role, in years, we overseeing discipleship. So it was uh, on one level doing it as we started what we called Jesus Group was the net what we named our group um, and doing that in our house and just starting to, to really dig in week after week and follow that three thirds process, but also being able to uh, meet with other leaders as they emerged and uh, were interested and start doing tools like the full one, one and get them kind of in that. Mm-hmm. And so that was fun. That, that was one of the fun stories there I met with this couple and they were real unsure. Um, about what, what, what is this? And so took them through the, the four on one and, um, and we got to the end and I said, Hey, when would you like to meet again? And we could do this. And they said, well, you know, our son, he's in the back, back room with his friend. We could just do it right now. <laughs> and so they go grab their son and his friend and start to go through it. Well, we get down as we're going through Matthew 28, we get to the baptism question. And the son's friend said, well, I've never been baptized. And, and they said, well, would you like to get baptized right now? And, and he said, well, I, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not Christian. And they said, well, give her the gospel. So they end up sharing the gospel with him. Please, Jesus. And they baptize him in the bathtub that week. And so they're freaking out. And I say, well, would you like me to come back next week? Yes. So we come back the next week and this friend, this son's friend brings his friend. And so we're now there. The son's friend is teaching, going through the four and one, get to the same thing. The whole thing happens again. No, he hasn't been baptized. No, he hasn't heard the gospel. He receives Jesus and they baptize him in the bathtub. <laughs> so we just started to see some of this just immediate fruit. It started to charge up and cast vision for what was possible. Mm-hmm. Amazing. How, how old were the boys? So they were both uh, late teens. So this is 18. Really? Yeah. I think at some point started praying that God would unify us with other people in the city that were like-minded, that wanted to see multiplication. I think um, we really, because we hit a point of stuckage for me and you. Oh, right? yeah. As we were working together, we're, we're yeah. just like, it, we weren't getting any traction. And yeah. That's what really kind of brought us to where we were just like, that prayer. Yeah, we were like, Lord, we know if if you're working, you're obviously not only giving this vision to us, which is interesting because a part of our vision or our, our no place love vision for Oklahoma City is 10,000. We want to see 10,000 um, new followers of Jesus. And so even when we met Mark, Mark was like, I'm, I'm believing the Lord for 10,000. <laughs> and we came to that conclusion through the brutal facts, and Mark came to that conclusion because God just gave it to him. So. Yeah. Obviously, you know, uh, he began to knit us together with guys like Mark, Bruce Carlton, who is the guy that had only mentored Jeff is at OBU here in the city. And we've been networking with him. He's still doing this stuff at OBU with college students. A guy named Kurt Goss, who is a legacy church pastor here um, at a Baptist church for a long time. 20 plus years. 20 plus years. And he's he's now doing this, not only um, here uh, up in uh, Oklahoma City, Northwest Oklahoma City, but also on University of Oklahoma campus. Um, a guy named Doug McLaren, who helped start one of the largest churches in the world, or at least supposed to be, is Life Church. So Doug was a pivotal part of Life Church starting up. Now he's no longer a part of the staff on Life Church, but he really uh, has been engaging through um, a ministry here called Youth for Christ. And so we met Doug and Cody and Drew Ray. And started training them in the tools, and they have a vision for every single school, middle school and high yeah. school, to have yeah. a church, 
within walking distance. So they do these clubs, they share the gospel and they transition into discipleship and church. Um, uh, there's guys like, uh, from the refuge and from Antioch church, which Antioch out of Waco has planted a church in the city and we're, we're training and equipping and networking alongside them. Um, there's a, a church called Christ community church, which again is learned from similar people from, from, um, guys that, uh, like Curtis Sargent and David Watson is God has been working for a long time in the lives of people all around the city. And it really just comes back to us finding who God has already prepared. If you think about my relationship with Carter, with Mark and the three of us together, um, it's been a long process. My life, it's been a decade process to get me to this point. It just really brings to mind John 4 when Jesus says to his disciples, look, the fields are wide unto harvest. You're about to reap where you didn't sow. And that's just so true for what we're seeing going on in Oklahoma City is someone God has been sowing for a long time. And he's just bringing those pieces together. Some of what I've I've heard in your question is what does it look like to lock arms with others Mm -hmm. in the city? Maybe we don't agree on every single thing. And I think what's been helpful for us is to kind of, you know, oftentimes uh, organizations or churches will have this, this list of values on their website, but they're just words. Right. Mm -hmm. But really values in my understanding expresses where are your resources flowing? Where's your time, your energy, your money going? And if we can begin to say, are you moving towards some of those same values where the your resources are flowing? Or are you moving away? We begin to find common place. So even if we don't agree on every single thing, we can begin to see where are we actually getting in the game together and find that common place of working together. I think that's been happening in Oklahoma City. Are you saying that the Southern Baptist or the Vineyard guy might come from a little <laughs> bit of a different perspective on things? A little bit, yeah. yeah. But we're locking arms. We are. Yeah. And the yeah. reason is because uh, the gospel matters and God's moving yeah. those things out in the city. Even, even yeah. live church, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen uh, um, laborers come um, into the harvest with us who have been a part of all these other churches for a long time. And maybe they, they came to Christ or had a little bit of discipleship, but at some point that God intersected them with us and we were able to pass vision, provide simple tools, provide modeling and um, run alongside them to see the city reached. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think we talked about across the city, we started to see about six or seven different streams um, develop. Now we're locked arms. Maybe the, the leaders of these streams are locked arms but there's people downstream that have no idea who right. I am um, right. outside of maybe knowing Dave or people in Mark's stream that have no idea who Dave is right. outside of relationship with Mark. Right. So um, there's definitely different streams that are targeting different segments or geographical places in the city, um, which really I, I feel like shows evidence that it is God and it's not man because it, you know, we, we're really good at building a name for and a kingdom for ourselves, right? And he's good at scattering us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we, we sense that that's, even though he's building this movement in Oklahoma City, it's not all about one, one leader or one stream um, or even one influence or one tool. It's, it's multiple. So they're in the midst of um, the unity. There's not uniformity. You know, there's mm-hmm. diversity within the body of Christ across okay. Oklahoma City. Um, well, I used to think that my job, this is a very long ago. My job was to really go and to teach people how to do it. And there was really an element of control. It was really about 
doing it the way that Dave wanted you to do that. And um, really what the Lord is starting to teach me individually, I think as a city he's teaching us, is that really it's about influence. Mm-hmm. That we can shake a little salt on people. We can be salty. And they may get some of it. They may get all of it. They may get just a little bit. But if we can see a believer, no matter what their background, whether from a legacy church or a new believer, if they're sharing the gospel, we want seed sowers. Yeah. And I think we're getting to a place to where we're going to say, God, we're going to celebrate yeah. the gospel going yeah, out, even good. if they don't do it the way that we do it. And knowing that there's some guys that value what we value and uh-huh. we will lock arms with them. Yeah. Right. And we'll run together, but we may not run as locked arms with other people, but it's still God's work. And we can right. celebrate yeah. that. What's the population of Oklahoma City? 1.37 million in the metro. Mm. We want to see 10,000 laborers, um, whether whether they're coming from a church background or unchurched background, 10,000 new laborers um, who are consistently working in the harvest. Yeah. So, right okay. now, you so know, a laborer, right, is any believer, right? Mm. Been, has vision. So, whether that's a brand new baby believer or that's mm. an existing believer who's been maybe living in the doing church for 40 years and has never been equipped. Um, but they get we, activated. That's yeah. right. We think if we can see 10,000 yes. labor across the city, then we're getting, we're getting toward no place left. Now, obviously that's mm-hmm. just the sharing of the gospel. So the next point in the vision would, we, we would love to see God start 500, uh, 500 new healthy churches um, mm-hmm. to house these laborers, to be community for the laborers. Um, yeah. And uh, and that would be at about twenty to twenty five people per church. Um, but if we saw five hundred new churches in the city, mm. there would be less left uh, easily. Um, mm. we're, we're about, like I said earlier, about eleven churches across the city that have really owned church identity, um, and a, about a hundred and fifty laborers that we have names for that. Haven't just been trained. We've we've trained a lot. We've probably Mm -hmm. trained close to five hundred people in the city. But um, there's there's at least 120, 130 people in the city that are Mm -hmm. actively weekly sowing seed, working toward discipling India. So so the Lord, as as we're faithful to own the neighborhood, He's taking us to the nations, and that's a part of um, really the vision we cast each week is that we're we're equipping disciples. And up in and out lifestyle from our neighborhood to the nations until there's no place left. And as we have been faithful in our oikos and in our neighborhoods, the Lord is opening up doors to nations. If you're enjoying the movement's podcast, why don't you let someone know about it? Use social media or a carrier pigeon or hey, just talk to someone. Uh, it would be. A great help. Thank you. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.